welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. What is up, you guys? Today, we are going to talk about a calorie deficit, and this is pretty damn straightforward, and I even said a little cuss word there because I am very emphatic about the fact of how straightforward this should be. Um, A lot of people overthink how, in fact, they must lose weight. They think about having to be in a keto diet or having to be in a carb-free lifestyle or a sugar-free lifestyle. There's so many things people think they should do when in reality, all you really have to do to lose fat is be in a calorie deficit. And um, we're only one minute in and I'm going to tell you the quote-unquote secret and the secret to fat loss besides attaining a calorie deficit is time. The secret weapon, secret ingredient, whatever you want to call it is time. And what I mean by that is, for example, if you are in a calorie deficit on a Wednesday, but you're not on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or several days thereafter, you're not going to lose fat. You have to be in a calorie deficit over time to accrue almost like a bank of uneaten calories that inspires fat loss, that causes fat loss. And the um, the issue is that you can't be in a crazy intense calorie deficit daily because otherwise you hit a breaking point and you get into what a lot of people will call a white knuckling phase where you're holding on and white knuckling your way through this insane uncomfortability that is gnawing at you and you know two weeks into your quote-unquote diet you want to eat your arm off so what we're going to talk about is how to attain a calorie deficit in a sustainable way now you have heard me talk about the uh, keto on the keto podcast you've heard me talk about sustainable dieting please 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 go back and listen to that one today we're just going to focus on how to attain the calorie deficit over time in a sustainable way and we're going to talk about signs that you are in a calorie deficit um, and signs that you are in a sustainable calorie deficit all right so my goal in this ep- for this episode is to help you guys understand that fat loss is simple um, but not simplistic I, I love that saying um, it is not easily a it's it's easier said than done, right? Um, because emotions get in the way, lifestyle gets in the way, peer pressure, there's all those things. But we're just going to bring it back to basics so that hopefully you feel inspired to um, make the changes in your physique that you're looking for. And again, I am all about self-love and positivity and I don't think that anyone needs to lose fat, but I've spent five years in this space with tons and tons of people, all shapes and sizes, wanting to improve something and I am here for that and I want to give you guys the best tools and information um, to help you achieve that. So to get started, when we think about this calorie deficit over time, and I think I might have explained this or given this analogy before, but you want to imagine that you're saving money for like a very nice, all-inclusive, more expensive vacation in like two years. So if I put away $5 today and maybe I put away 10 bucks next week, that's kind of like, you know, I didn't go to Starbucks one day or next week I didn't go to Starbucks two days. It's not a ton of money. I'm not going to miss it. And um, 
I won't really notice it, but in two years, I'll have a significant amount of money put away. Um, if I'm putting something away every couple of days, every couple of weeks, that is meaningful. And I'm not going to, you know, not be able to buy groceries. Whereas if someone tried to put away half of their paycheck every two weeks, eventually you get to a point where you can't pay any of your bills because you've put too much into savings. So I hope that that is kind of resonating with you because fat loss should be the same way. So to find out... Um, what your body just needs to like survive and thrive. Um, some people will use machines where you're on a scale and it tries to tell you what your basal metabolic rate is. I think one time somewhere, I don't even know where I was, um, maybe it was the in-body scan, they told me that mine was like 1350. Um, I don't really believe that because um, I know that 1350 is like a very big deficit for me. Um, but anyway, the best um strategy that I've used that a lot of people use is finding maintenance first. So generally speaking, this is very general because everybody's different, um, body weight times the number 13 should get you to roughly um, your body's maintenance. So if you just got up, didn't do much with your day and went to bed, and uh, maybe you were on the couch most of the day, um, that's how many calories you would need to stay where you currently are. So if let's get my little calculator out here, let's use myself. If I'm 130 pounds and I do that times 13, 1,690 calories will keep me exactly where I am. Now, if you have more muscle mass like I do, you could probably eat more than that and stay where you are. Um, and if you're active, um, if you are maybe um, not exercising at all and you don't have an active lifestyle at all, um, you might you're you might be slightly underneath that. Muscle mass drastically impacts that. Um, so what I do, and I wrote an article about this and I mentioned this in the other podcast on sustainable dieting. Um, it was called Three Ways to Lean Out Without Severely Restricting. And the whole purpose of that is to say that if you find your maintenance calories, so let's round up and say that mine is 1,700 just to make it easy. If I were to eat 1,700 calories every single day and I, you know, I'm teaching seven berries classes a week, I walk to and from my parking lot every day, multiple times a day, I exercise five times a week, I am going to lose weight at that calorie number because my body is um, expending energy. So I, I don't like to put myself in a huge deficit unless I'm bodybuilding because I know based on experience, trial and error, and we're going to get to what trial really means, um, over time so that I know if I'm at maintenance, I'm going to lose weight. When my maintenance used to be 1500 calories, when I was 120 pounds, I would eat 1500 and lose weight. So it's all about understanding how much you can eat and still lose weight. So when I eat maintenance, unless I taught maybe three berries classes or unless I maybe I walked a ton randomly or I ran 10 miles, on an average day when I'm not overly active, I can definitely eat 1700 and when I get in bed at night, I feel perfect, but maybe slightly on the side of uh, maybe having a snack. So I use this analogy with my clients a lot. I call it the banana trick. And I tell them that you'll know you're in a slight calorie deficit, which you always want it to be slight. You don't want to be in this crazy big calorie deficit because it's just not sustainable. I say, when you get in bed at night, you should feel 
like, you could eat a banana. So we've all been, you know, to Thanksgiving before, and that night we get in bed and we can barely roll over because we're so freaking full from all the food we ate. We all know that feeling, right? Then we all know the feeling of um, maybe we got up, we forgot to eat breakfast, or we didn't have time to eat breakfast, and then we forgot our morning snack, and by lunchtime, we are just like, I need to eat or I'm going to go crazy. We get that hangry feeling. So in between the hangry and the overly Thanksgiving stuffed feeling, there's this um, perfect homeostasis, meaning your needs have been met. And then slightly below that, there's this idea of a slight calorie deficit, meaning you expended more than you consumed. You did not consume enough to stay where you currently are, but it's barely noticeable. And so the again, the analogy I use is you're laying in bed and maybe your partner maybe you don't have a partner, but like if your partner asked you or someone asked you, hey, do you want a banana? You would be like, "Mm, yeah, I could eat a banana. Like you're hungry enough to have a light snack, but you don't need it. Like someone had to prompt you to even think about needing it. But if if someone put food in front of you, you would would take it because you're not like stuffed. Does that make sense? So you'll know that you're in a slight calorie deficit when you can, you, when you, do the banana trick and you feel like, yes, in fact, you could go for a light snack or you're just perfectly content. That is a very good place to be when you go to bed at night. Now, when I say that I have done this on myself and I understand that with my lifestyle, with my muscle mass, that I can eat at maintenance and lose fat, when I say I've given it trial before, trial and error or trial and success, I have given myself at least eight weeks to try anything on myself. You have to be in a deficit over time. So for example, let's give it a one-week thing. You start on Monday, you eat your maintenance calories, and you did a workout, so you're clearly in a deficit. Tuesday, you work out, and you're definitely in a bigger deficit. Now, here's the part where, um, just this is a random tangent, but this is why I actually have people do high calorie days because we don't want to dig ourselves into a really steep deficit hole that we can't get out of and then by Friday we want to eat our whole pizza. So a lot of times I'll have my clients have three medium days, meaning that they're at like calorie maintenance, and two high days. So that by Wednesday, if they've done two workouts and eaten maintenance and they're in a big deficit, on Wednesday they can eat a little bit more and feel okay. And then maybe on their two rest days, they're slightly below maintenance. So that way, they get to one week done of quote-unquote dieting, trying to lean out, not at a steep deficit, but at a slight one. Um, That doesn't mean that they're going to have lost four pounds. You have to do that repeatedly over time. I say four weeks is just the beginning. Um, You shouldn't even expect a ton of change in four weeks. And then after eight weeks or 12 weeks, you'll be able to see that this slight deficit has drastically paid off. Now, if we're using a 12-week scale to say, okay, this is how we're going to test a calorie deficit. This is how long we're going to be in a calorie deficit. It's going to be a slight calorie deficit. That's when you should expect to lose, you know, only six pounds in 12 weeks or maybe 12 pounds in 12 weeks if you've never dieted before. Um, And obviously, we're not even addressing the whole protein part of this. Um, I will get to that in a second. But let's assume that you are using a 12-week timeline because you should always have a timeline, right? 12-week timeline for this calorie deficit. When should you feel hungry? Any guesses? It's not never necessarily. Um, because the, the trick with understanding 
fat loss is it's very much it very much goes off of how you feel and how your results are um, showing themselves or not. Now you'll know you're in a calorie deficit if you are starting to get cold all the time, starting to get irritable, starting to get very sleepy or sluggish. Um, but these are signs that you should not be feeling anytime before week nine. If you're if, again, if we're going off of this twelve week idea, and I say that because. It's not sustainable to live your life sluggish, right? It's not the, a healthy lifestyle to be cold and irritable. Um, these are just things I want you to be aware of because if perhaps you've been in too big of a deficit or most commonly outside of the bodybuilding world, I see this a lot in brides. Brides go ham when it comes to dieting and I get it I'm a bride currently and like I am excited to lose weight for my wedding but I know that right now as I'm recording this I'm sitting in October my wedding's not till July so to be honest like I I'm focusing on leaning out over time just so that by the time my dress gets here in January that I'm a little bit thinner but I'm not going to go ham and in full intensity mode because that I would feel I wouldn't make it right so by week nine yes you should feel some of the signs of a calorie deficit I've had some clients never feel it I've had some clients feel it earlier and that's when I learned that they have been undershooting their calories or they are exercising more than they've been telling me or they're not getting a lot of sleep sleep is huge 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 so important for fat loss um your body needs rest especially when it's not getting all of the calories it needs and slightly less than it needs to stay where it currently is um and you know it probably goes without saying but losing fat is in a lot of ways it could, it's going against your body's homeostasis wherever you currently are if you've been that weight for a year or more your body's happy there it might be at its set point and to change that change is uncomfortable it's not gonna feel good down the road but that is another reason why a calorie deficit must be on a timeline. You cannot be perpetually in a calorie deficit unless you want to get into some pretty serious health issues. For women, we lose our period. We get hormonal uh, imbalances. So it's important to be on a timeline so you can lose fat, see, see how effective your fat loss plan is over 12 weeks, maximum I would say 16 to 20 weeks. Then you start to eat more slightly more and you get out of that calorie deficit and you maintain there and that's something I work with a lot um, with many of my clients because I understand that the um, coming out of it takes just as much accountability and help and support as getting into it so we've gone over some of the signs and symptoms of being in a calorie deficit we've addressed the idea that you need to be on a timeline um, in order to promote health wellness sustainability and also just a way to check your progress and to hold yourself accountable for instance if you go through a really great day or week of dieting and then the second week it's Christmas and you feel like you ate all this candy that's when a lot of people give up but if you think about it from the bigger picture of 12 weeks if you have a few days that just quite frankly aren't great and you know you're not in a deficit that's okay you can still achieve a deficit that Saturday and Sunday by having lower calorie days and you can just get right back on track so the bigger picture is super key now day to day achieving that calorie deficit there are some things that can help you first and foremost protein when you're in a calorie deficit and I 
always say this this to my clients. So if you are a former client, you've probably heard me say this. Um, when you're in a calorie deficit, your body does not just say, all right, Karen, let's shed the fat and keep the muscle. Your body is going to lose muscle and fat. And the rate at which you lose muscle and fat is totally dependent on your genetics, um, or I should say largely dependent on your genetics. Um, some people can maintain insane amount of muscle mass and shed fat very easily, and some people cannot. Um, but in order to try and spare whatever muscle you do have on your body, by directly feeding those muscles protein, you're going to help keep that muscle. And as we know, muscle has a higher metabolic rate than fat, so you're going to be burning more calories when you have more muscle on your body, your metabolic rate will be higher. So you can eat more calories and stay the same weight. Now, the other thing that's so helpful about protein is that protein keeps us full. It has the highest satiety level. So when you're eating less calories than you need, technically speaking, to achieve this calorie deficit, how wonderful is it to feel full when you're technically eating less, right? Now, for newbie dieters or newbie macro trackers, people who have never prioritized protein before, this is a mega, mega secret weapon because they are just like, uh, every new client who's never been aware of protein is like, oh my gosh, Garrett, I'm so full. I couldn't eat anymore. I'm just stuffed chronically. And they kind of ride that fullness feeling wave for longer. Then there's the clients who have tried keto. They've tried paleo. They've tried all these things and they are so keen on protein that it's not as big of an adjustment for them. They just get better at fine-tuning the specific gram amount that I set for them, which is great. But you want to be at that 30% marker daily because that is what's going to keep you full and help you better achieve that calorie deficit. I don't know about you, but if someone puts crackers in front of me, I love salty crackers. I just, I, I love crackers and I could eat, I don't know, 30 crackers, but I will still feel hungry. Whereas if you put eight ounces of chicken in front of me and I'm snacking on chicken, I'm going to feel full very fast and um, satisfied. So protein is a really big um, key in achieving that calorie deficit. Now, there's also this idea of volume eating. So imagine um, 34 grams of almond butter or peanut butter. You put it on a food scale and you're like, wow, that's kind of a tiny depressing amount. It's true. Um, and that's why a lot of people gain weight when they're eating almond butter and peanut butter without putting it on a food scale because it's very hard to measure two tablespoons and 34 grams is technically speaking a very small amount. Now, imagine that small, maybe two quarter sized peanut butter that's 210 calories versus um, I don't know, four cups of strawberries that are only 150 calories, right? That's a lot of volume. Same with mushrooms. Mushrooms are low-cal. They're packed with vitamin D and A. They're superfoods for your gut. And you can eat three cups of them and barely break 100 calories. So volume is very key. Now, carbs and protein are four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. So it's more calorically dense per gram unit, which is why a lot of bodybuilders focus more on carbs and protein because they can eat more volume, like literally the amount of food you're seeing versus these tiny little bits that don't fill up your stomach as much, but they provide the same caloric amount. Something to consider. Now, to each their own. During my own gut health healing phase, I 
ended up inadvertently having um, like a keto lifestyle just because I was focusing on fats because I really needed them to help lift my brain fog and heal my gut. Um, and that that's what I needed at the time. Now I paid attention to calories. I did not gain a ton of weight. Whereas during my bodybuilding phase, I was just, I want to eat as much as possible. So I'm going to eat a lot more carbs and protein. So I hope that is helpful for you. I think when you want to achieve a calorie deficit, first and foremost, set a timeline. Second of all, do your body weight times 13. That right there should be your medium calorie day. If you are more of a sedentary lifestyle, round down. So for instance, if I do 130 times 13 and I get 1690, maybe I'd round down to 1650 calories a day, 1650. Um, If you have a more active lifestyle, round up. But then you can do, that is your like day-to-day number. That's what you want to hit for calories. And then you can subtract 200 for a low-cal day, add 200 for a higher-cal day, etc. But you want to look at your progress over time. Time is the secret ingredient. No, you should not expect progress in two weeks. You should expect barely any progress, but some slight progress by four weeks. And you want to try to go from for you know eight weeks minimum, but 12 weeks to 16 weeks is in my experience as a coach, kind of the sweet spot, especially with myself and bodybuilding. Um, the reason that I wanted to do this episode, you guys, is because I I just hear all this stuff all the time about what makes people lose weight. Oh, uh, skipping breakfast makes you lose weight. Uh, Cutting sugar makes you lose weight. Um, I mean, there are a million ways to achieve a calorie deficit. If you are someone who eats Jolly Ranchers and Mike and Ike's all day and you cut out sugar besides like fruit and natural sugars, you are going to be probably consuming less calories. Um, Well, uh, hold on. You could. You could consume less calories. If you're someone who loves almond butter and you stopped eating a ton of almond butter, yeah, you might lose weight. But here's what actually a lot of studies find is that when you cut out of one food group because you're demonizing it, that our bodies are so smart at like finding how much they need to stay the same that let's say you cut out bread, that you'll end up getting the calories you would have had from bread from avocado or that extra egg or more turkey because you were having a breadless sandwich. So there's definitely something to tracking. And as you know, I don't believe in tracking calories forever, but it can be a very powerful tool to find out that you are in a calorie deficit. Now, just because I would feel like I wouldn't be doing um, a good job if I didn't address this, but yes, you can achieve a calorie deficit without counting calories. The best way to do it is to look at what you do on a day-to-day or a weekly basis. So let's say you bring your own lunch, you order takeout for dinner, and you have eggs and a banana for breakfast every day, and then you have snacks in the office. Try to be as consistent as possible. The people that are more like robotic with their eating have the best, easiest time with this. And then just start to take out something slightly, right? So like let's say that out of five work days a week, you have wine three nights a week. Well, if you just cut out two of those nights of wine, that is going to eliminate calories right off the bat. Now, if you have an office candy jar and you don't even realize it, but like every morning at 1030, you have 
a couple Jolly Ranchers, cut those out. That's going to save you 70 to 80 calories. So there's little tweaks you can make without counting your calories to ensure that you are getting a calorie deficit. Um, And then you just have to be a little bit more in tune with how you feel. Do you feel slightly hungry when you go to bed? Do you feel perfectly content? Um, And also the shift of just nutrients, Filling your body with nutritious foods is always, always, always going to help because nutrients are going to give your body what it needs, whereas processed foods are not. And sometimes the calories are there, right? The calories are in that flour tortilla or those Rice Krispies, but they're not nutrient dense. And so the body doesn't feel like it really got what it needed and you still feel hungry. And so instead of having that kale salad, you having a flour tortilla and a Rice Krispie bar, you are going to end up consuming more calories with unnutritious foods. So something to um, prioritize, you guys, is color, 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 color. Um, so if, if I were to say a list of priorities, it would be number one, protein. Number two, color. Number three, intuitive checking in with how you feel at the end of the day. So I know this is a lot of information. Um, I think it's pretty straightforward, but I hope it's helpful for you because I just hate when I hear people saying that if I only did this or if I only stopped eating by 7 p.m. or whatever, I would be better. But it's like the end of the day, you need to achieve that calorie deficit to lose fat. So I wanted to talk about it and I hope this is helpful and I hope you guys are having a great weekend wherever you are. I hope that you listened to the Gravity Blankets episode last Wednesday because I thought it was entirely interesting and I am always open to feedback, you guys. Any reviews are helpful. We have almost 20,000 listens tabulated and only 28 reviews and I am so thankful for all of those 28 reviews. They are so meaningful and special to me Um, but more would help because I know somebody out there is listening and any feedback you have um, is going to keep me going, right? Because I committed to one year and we're coming up on that one year mark. And to be honest, I can see that people are listening, but I don't know what they like about it. And I think that if I knew, I would be a little bit um, better able to direct uh, this podcast and where it's going and and who we want to talk to and what we want to talk about. So thank you guys so much for your input, your feedback. Um, Please write a review if you uh, feel so inclined. And as always, dare to move.